0: And welcome everyone to the Cajun Strong Style Podcast, episode 103. A little bit of a bonus episode. Didn't necessarily expect to be doing a second one, but here we are, especially with everything going on in AEW. It feels like the perfect time to kind of do this little bonus episode because honestly, there was so much going on over the last 24 hours. It's hard to kind of save this for a Monday. On Monday's edition, maybe we'll get some more information. Also, I was waiting to see what more of the fallout would be between CM Punk and the Elite and AEW and everything that happened during the post-media scrum and the immediate aftermath that led to a fight. So we're going to go ahead and start off looking at the fallout and also reports that have since come out in terms of the sequence of events because there's a lot of stuff going on. There's multiple stories. It all started Tuesday when a report came out from Fightful Select. Shout out Sean Ross, Savin, those guys saying that those on the Punk and A Steel side claimed that the Young Bucks approached Punk's locker room, but he did not answer the door, causing the Bucks to have quote-unquote kicked down the door, not nicked down the door. As for why Steel hit Nick Jackson with a chair and bit Omega, he told those that his wife was in the room with himself and Punk. I don't know necessarily why those two things correlated, but okay. However, the report of sequence of events was painted entirely differently when you hear a report that was put out a little bit before Dynamite went on the air. And this is coming from the elite's point of view saying that and this is coming from a source close to the Bucks saying that they wanted to talk to CM Punk as he'd outlined. They should do if they had a problem. The claim was they opened the door, not kicking it in as has been claimed by the other side. And before Matt Jackson could say anything, Punk had went off and started throwing sucker punches at Matt's head. Nick went to intervene and ACL allegedly allegedly threw a chair. Now the only kind of unifying theory in all this is that you had a steel indeed bite Kenny Omega. It wasn't Larry, the dog. It was actually a steel, which is absolutely insane for somebody to actually be doing that. And Kenny Omega mainly got involved because he was trying to remove Larry's Larry, CM Punk's dog from the situation because he wanted to keep safe because he was barking and going nuts. He could have bitten anybody to be honest with you. He's a, Dogs got a kind of fight or flight mentality, a lot like human beings. You don't ever know what the dog could wind up doing. And apparently they, this all sides continued shouting after everything calmed down. And there were allegations of legal threats from punk's side. Now, the other part of this is what's going to happen to these guys. And according to sports illustrated, Justin Barrasso broke this news. There's been no updates beyond this. So, Again, this is being taped late, way later than I thought we were going to on Wednesday night, not long after Dynamite, with the reports that you have Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Kenny Omega, CM Punk, Brandon Cutler, Pat Buck, Ace Steele, Christopher Daniels, and Michael Nakazawa, all these people that were involved, didn't even know about... Pat Buck or Christopher Daniels. All these people were in fact involved in the fracas, the kerfuffle, and they are all suspended. And apparently multiple sources have shared that punk and Steel will either be suspended or will no longer be with the company by the end of Wednesday. And apparently according to reports, punk met with AEW owner Tony Khan on Tuesday. So the two had an opportunity to discuss how this exit could be handled again. This is all largely hearsay. We did not hear anything official. Because if you watch AEW Dynamite, these this stuff wasn't mentioned at all in terms of the people involved. They mentioned the fact they had to make some changes and strip the AEW World and Trios Championships, but not a single mention was said of the Young Bucks, Kenny, or CM Punk when they showed the recap of the AEW main event. They never showed what happened in the, in the match. It was all about the return of MJF, which was a great way to kind of skew things around. Now, apparently there was a report that Page, Hangman Adam Page, excuse me, had already left the building at this point. So he wasn't involved in this at all. And That explains his absence from the altercation. He already left the building at this point. So he probably literally saw it live on YouTube and probably got justifiably pissed off over it. And there is a external third party investigation that's going to be conducted into all this. Now, I'm going to say this. Tony Khan deserves all the credit in the world for kind of steering the course the right way. Because admittedly, it's always tough to kind of do this kind of show on the fly when you don't know all the stories because we've seen this several times over the last 20 years. Namely, the iconic Stone Cold Walks Out episode of Raw is probably the most damning example of it. It's how to handle that kind of situation when you have a last-minute change of plans and have to make things work. Tony Khan, he managed to come up with a great-ass plan B with Dynamite this week and also set things up for what looks to be a amazingly stacked Grand Slam week over in New York City, which I'm loving they're doing that again in 2022. So he opens up the show talking about vacating both titles, and here's where I think he knocked out of the park. He gave us a match that they already announced and added a little bit of more stakes to it, and that's Orange Cassidy and Best Friends taking on Death Triangle, a match that I... I could be wrong on this because, again, it's been two years and just my brain's crazy, but I feel like we were about to get this match in like a street fight or something, and essentially the pandemic happened and Pac went back home and they they didn't come back for a long time Then they just dropped it cold, basically, then you kind of moved on with a lot of d- other different angles for the best friends to kind of have in the meantime and in between time. And then to go to the world championship and Tony Khan, again, he made lemonade out of lemons, announcing a tournament of champions for the vacant AEW championship, which honestly, I love the idea of. Mind you, tournament of champions may not be the best name for a, you know, tournament just feels a lot like Jeopardy, but honestly, the bracket, it's stacked because you've got Hangman Page, Brian Danielson. Those two have a great history. Those two put on a banger of a match earlier tonight Brian Danielson got the win and honestly I think Brian Danielson as much as I love John Moxley I feel like it should be Danielson's opportunity to have the title for at least a little while and then drop it down the road to one MJF you also have Sammy Guevara Darby Allen on Friday night and I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody because I want people to go check out this week's edition of Rampage with Claudio Castagnoli and Dax Harwood without a doubt two of the best wrestlers going at it today. And Sammy Guevara, Darby Island's always going to be good. Then you have Chris Jericho and John Moxley, two former champions. Getting an opportunity to actually get a buy is a really cool move. Now, what happens beyond that is anybody's guess. But the fact that you were able to kind of... You, you corrected the right way. You s- steered into the skid... But at the same time, you managed to just never acknowledge these guys by name and you didn't hear a single thing from the crowd. The crowd was more into what was going on in the here and now rather than thinking about all the stuff going on in the dirt sheets. That's how wrestling needs to be. It's a lot like any other form of entertainment. It is an escape from reality, be it for two hours or be it for three hours. Five, six hours, you kind of get exhausted of that because it starts to feel like just a normal day. But I like the way things were setting up as we get into Grand Slam, which is their next big event and possibly leading into a full gear match between Danielson or whoever's going to win the title. Personally, again, I think it's Danielson, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's John Moxley because he put on a promo of the year. I'm telling you, that's probably one of my favorite promos all year long. John Moxley wanting to become a legend and declaring himself pretty much the ace of AEW, which I love the idea of that. I've always kind of thought Mox fits that persona to a T. Now, when it comes to the entire situation, I brought this up on our Twitter. By the way, you can follow us on Twitter at Cajun Strong Pod. That's where I kind of get a lot of my thoughts on wrestling over the course of a day but I brought this up and I think a lot of people saw this and were like, what the hell are you talking about? Is, you know, it's the fact that people are absolutely losing their minds because, Oh, Hey, you know, you've got the bucks and Kenny, they're suspended. I saw people on Twitter during dynamite saying, I'm never watching AEW again until they bring the bucks and Kenny back. Here's the thing. The bucks and Kenny are going to be back. I think now if it turns out everybody's in the wrong, I still think the bulk of the damage is who threw the first punch. Or if there were any punches thrown at all. It's always going to go down to the who threw the punch first. Again, we hearing, we're hearing both sides. And we know the old saying, there's two sides to every story, but somewhere in the middle is the truth. Now, is there truth on the elite side, or is there truth on the side of the CM Punk a steel side. There's some truth, but we just don't know at all. Well, we actually know what the true story is probably because there's going to be an investigation. I'm sure Tony Khan's going to release all this information. And when it's becomes clear, let's say hypothetically, it does look very bad on the, on this part of CM Punk. He's going to be fired immediately. Yes. He's got a big like four year deal left, but I guarantee you, I think CM Punk would be fired. He probably wouldn't have any problem with it because at the end of the day, he did some things that were very much, again, just based off everything we're hearing, it's not a good look for him or for AEW. But when it comes to Punk, excuse me, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, I, I'm going to say it right now, they are no longer EVPs in my mind and they shouldn't be. Because if you're in a position of upper management, hell, I mean, any company really, if you get into a fist of cuffs with somebody that you work with, more likely than not, you're getting fired. And they should be demoted immediately from being executive vice presidents because the second they wanted to either A, pick a fight or involved in a fight. Now, again, if it turns out they were more goaded into it where Punk essentially started the fight and they weren't wanting to to fight, then yeah, Pong's gone. The Bucks and Kenny retained their EVP status. We just don't know the full story right here, right now. But I just really think that the Bucks and Kenny should not be executive vice presidents anymore because of their actions that we know right here, right now. Now, again, two, three... Months from now, maybe we see the full story, then yeah, we can change our minds on it. But in the here and now, I think they should be no longer the EVPs. And I think CM Punk should probably be fired. A Steel as well. Move on. It's going to hurt. But at the same time, what they did on Dynamite was make a statement. And it was a statement of them saying, hey, If y'all want to pull any of this other BS, this was to everybody in the locker room. If anybody wants to try any of this BS, guess what? You're expendable. Nobody's bigger than the three letters that this company represents. All Elite Wrestling, this is a company where you guys got to show some respect. And again, I mentioned on the podcast on Sunday, there is no locker room that is truly harmonious every single day. There's no way. I guarantee you go to any NFL locker room or any locker room, of a professional sports organization. And hell, any locker room in pro wrestling over the last 20 years, if not longer, you've seen and you've heard of tense situations. Hell, you can go back to, especially in the 90s, with Shawn Michaels would be prodding everybody like nobody's business. I mean, Bret Hart pulled a good bit of his hair out in a locker room spat. And pulled them apart and essentially said... and. They never really got any much of a big backlash. Now, again, I think it's also the fact that we don't know the whole story now versus back then. And I think they should be moving on from being EVPs and just focus on being wrestlers. I think they'll keep personally, if I was Tony Khan, that's what I would do is demote the Bucks and Kenny from executive vice presidents, get some people who are very much known in the business and have a great mind for it. Cause again, Tony Khan can't do everything as much as he thinks he can. It's not going to work out the way you want to. And I just don't think you fire the heart and soul of AEW. You can get rid of the, one of your biggest draws because you've been able to show you can create really big draws within your company. Hangman on a page is the biggest example of that. Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, MJF, you've been able to establish yourself as being able to build long-term draws that are going to get you two, three, four years down the road, as opposed to guys who are there pretty much for a payday. That's kind of where I'm at with this whole situation. And the fact that Tony Khan was able to have a great dynamite with no real issues was a step in the right direction. And that's what I think Tony Khan, while yes, he's got a lot of issues with how he runs a, runs a company. This is one of the things he's best at. It's being able to correct course and get things right. Go back to revolution 2021 when you had, the main event ended in a little bit of a mess and we all hated it. Nobody's really talking about that anymore because he corrected the course. When things go awry in storylines and he just notices things are not going the way he expected, he moves on, figures out another angle to work with. Because guess what? That's how things get done. That's how winning is done in the long term. Now, I also want to throw in this as well, is I got a couple of other things I want to get to before I wrap up this podcast, but that's stuff about the Tony Khan elite CM Punk stuff. What I like to call the Civil War. Now, again, I'm going to throw the hypothetical out here that if they can all kind of play ball And that's going to be very difficult, I think, for all parties involved to do, if I'm being honest with you. But if they can all kind of work together and play ball, I think there's a way to do it. And I've mentioned it on Twitter. Is that if you have Tony Khan say, you know, guys, we'd love to do an angle involving this, kind of turn it into a work. Is that's pretty much what they've done with the MGF angle, the frustrations he's had. They turned that into an entire gimmick with MGF and how he was able to return, all that stuff. And he's still being the loose cannon, Brian Pelman type stuff, and it's working. Is give him some time to where it's distance. Nobody talks about it. And it's a long absence. And apparently, Tony. I mean, CM Punk's out with a pec injury, so he'll be out for at least six months, if not longer. Mind you, I think now is like the perfect time to just say, hey, fuck, you know, this is the second time you've been in- injured in a year. Let's go ahead and kind of part ways, let you get healed up and kind of enjoy your life a little bit more. Again, that's just my POV on that. The guy has just gotten very, very injury prone in the last six months, if we're being quiet on this. Now we get to this point where if they do all come back and they're all in the same or similar position, I'd say why not do this? Go full-blown Marvel Civil, Civil War style. Where everybody who's either with the Bucks or against the Bucks, it just becomes a giant war. And Blackpool Combat Club is just kind of standing in the middle of all this. I think that would be a really cool angle to work with. And have that be a be a thing that you just build up and work on for an entire year. And you how do you end it? You know, maybe blood and guts is the way to be. And especially since you know Bobby Fish is no longer part of AEW, and now that the Bucks are suspended indefinitely, more likely than not, we're not going to get the amazing angle that I was thinking about with. The, the super, the undisputed lead breaking up and then it's Kenny Omega and the bucks asking for help from Hangman page, all the stuff. But now it's not the case. We won't be able to see that anymore. Would have been great. What if booking, but you know, things happen. The other thing I want to get to here is involving certain people in this wrestling industry. And one of those is Ringside News and the jabroni Brad Shepard. First off, if you're getting your news from Ringside News, please stop. There's several other reputable publications or websites that you can check out rather than hearing or even reading the BS that Brad Shepard brings up. And there's a report that came out through Ringside News saying that Thunder Rosa apparently has asked for her AEW release but that was not granted and said that Thunder Rosa requested her release after the Marina Shafir match she didn't get that she wanted time off but since that time was since that time she has not gotten she requested her release again now here's the thing and it just blows my mind how much this dude just constantly says stupid crap and people believe it I'm hoping people can finally just realize this dude is just so full of it. You can't even believe how many times I've just sat there. I'm like, okay, this dude's a kind of a jabron. That was back in June of 2022. That match happened. And again, she's actually legit injured and according to Brian Alvarez, he shot that thing down pretty doggone quickly, saying that's not true at all. And the fact that the last match he had in the AEW was against Marina Shafir. I don't think there's any heat between those two. Again, Thunder Rosa's dealing with injuries. It happens. It's pro wrestling. People get hurt. Ain't ballet. We've heard it a million times over. That's the way this is. That's the way this business is. But a guy like, Brad Shepard's bag from Ringside News, which is a complete joke of a website, by the way. I'd say, honestly, if you don't hear it from Meltzer, if you don't hear it from Brian Alvarez, and if you don't hear it from Sean Ross Sapp, it don't matter. Because this dude's a complete just a prone. And the fact that when you literally pull, I pulled up this page just for the giggles and grins of it, and immediately the first thing I see is a thirst trap article that's literally what you're doing is that kind of crap and that's in the front page with Gigi Dolan sending temperatures soaring with super skimpy bikini photo drop yeah, that's what you're doing to get people talking another one with page and that's just in the first like 20 articles must see photos, all of them. Thirst traps. Thirst trap, thirst trap, thirst trap. It's absurd to me that we continue to get to this point. And again, AW women's star asked for release. That's a rumor, and it was turned out to be complete BS. One thing that was seemingly becoming more true now. Is Malachi Black and he's going to be released, but it is a very, very, very conditional release. And, you know, it was more Tony Khan wants to retain Black and hoped he wanted to see him as part of the brand for years to come, but he's dealing with some personal things according to a lot of the reports. So he's letting him out of his contract, but really kind of saying, hey, you know, you can't wrestle anywhere anytime soon. In fact, he had withdrawn from a show on September 9th at an indie show in Ohio. Now, the door's not closed for him to return whenever he feels like his mind is right or whatever. But it's interesting to see that kind of little wrinkle in the story. I got one more bit of information, one bit one more bit of news Not about the podcast or anything. Not about wrestling. More about the world of MMA. Because those here in the Acadian area are going to love this news. With Dustin the Diamond Poirier getting back into the octagon. It became official today. There's a lot of rumors about this. It felt like four weeks. If not months. With Dustin Poirier taking on Michael Chandler. This match had been bandied about since before his title fight. Since beating... Conor McGregor, since that point. This is pretty much before Khabib Nurmagomedov Madoff officially retired, and you got to see Poirier in a title fight. This is one of those a lot of people were looking forward to seeing, and we're finally going to see it at Madison Square Garden in November as part of UFC 281. And my God, that is going to be a phenomenal show, especially when you look at the... The co-main event and the main event of this, the headliners, Israel Adesanya defending the middleweight championship against Alex Pereira, which, by the way, is probably going to be Izzy's toughest test in the UFC because Pereira has knocked him out twice in kickboxing. That's something not a whole lot of people knew about until after they saw Pereira win his last fight. That was something that was brought up a lot. Then you have Carla Esparza defending the women's strawweight championship against perennial contender Zhang Li. Again, those two headliners, those should be really good fights. And here's the thing, that's not the only stuff you've got on tap for this show right now. And again, we haven't broken it down in terms of what's on the prelims and what's on the main card yet. But I feel like Molly McCann, Meatball McCann, should absolutely be one of those fights on the main card. She's been moving up the rankings as of late. I think she has an opportunity to be part of a UFC pay-per-view main card. She's been working her way up, mainly fighting out in London, England, but being part of those fight nights and having three straight either fight of the nights or performance of the nights may get Molly McCann into the contention towards the very top of the UFC. And I the fact that she's a friend of Patty the Batty, you can't help but to root for her. But again, just those three fights alone, or four, counting the Dustin Poirier fight, coming up at Madison Square Garden. Then you also have another lightweight bout between two guys that want to kind of move up the rankings and Dan Hooker and Claudio Puelas. Again, this is more of your second-tier guys as opposed to Poirier, Michael Chandler, which could be an opportunity for a UFC lightweight title fight before too long. Because, in two, because you have the lightweight championship being defended in one of those, or the lightweight championship being determined, because you get Charles Oliveira against Islam Makhachev at UFC 280 in October. So you got all that going on. These fights in the next couple months should be a lot of fun. And kind of start taking shape in 2022. How everything works in the world of MMA because that lightweight division is nothing to mess with. That thing is absolutely crazy. But that's about all I got for this week's edition of the Cajun Strong Style Podcast's bonus edition. Don't do too many of these, but it felt like a big enough news story where we broke out the emergency. We broke the emergency glass, I should say. So appreciate you listening in. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and subscribe to us. However you get your podcast, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever. We got a link in the bio with all the great Podcast platforms that we're on. And hey, make sure if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave us a five-star review and we'll go ahead and shout you out. Because hey, you know, again, we want people to acknowledge that this is the premier podcast in the sport of professional wrestling. You'd be like a good friend, T Dixon508 on Apple Podcasts, saying great podcast. I highly recommend making this. A part of your routine if you are a wrestling fan these guys know their stuff and two thumbs up haven't seen anything on the spotify side then again haven't necessarily looked at it all that much but i'm certain we've gotten a good bit of five star reviews right there again appreciate everybody for listening into the podcast be back with you next week and hopefully getting into more lighter side stuff rather than the more serious hard news because honestly i'd much rather talk about the the fun stuff and the actual stuff that goes on in the 20 by 20 squared circle